Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. And away we go. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. Glad you're with us here on yet another April weekend. Uh, Chilly where I am, hopefully warmer where you guys are as we uh, get going here. Hey, lots coming up. We've got, of course, the spring football over the place. We're going to talk to uh, some of the insiders about that. Uh, Will Leach, uh, one of the founders of Deadspin. He's got a new book coming out. Can't wait to talk with him. And, of course, uh, we'll get all the uh, usual hijinks uh, in between. Hey, guys, let's start NBA playoffs. Uh, this is up and running. And, uh, you know, in the opening week and opening few days, the big story was was the injuries. I mean, two of your best players in the entire planet, Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, John Morant going down with uh, some bad injuries. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the injury-prone playoff right now. It's, and it's, it's bad because... There's always injuries. Tyler Harrow, another one, you know, with the the, the break oh, yeah. there. So you go down this line, and these are like star players. There's always injuries, but these are star players. And some of these are – there's always nagging things. But, man, these guys are, like, taking serious hits. I mean, you know, these are things that could keep them out. You know, with Harrow, he's going to be out. So, I mean – and limit their availability, especially when you got teams that have a chance to, you know, win it all, Milwaukee being a, the best example. Yeah, I think they really need to, to do something with the charge rule. You know, you. guys, guys are being rewarded for jumping in front of, you know, players who are already in the air, which, which gets you into some, uh, you know, in the, in the past, these would have been clear charges. Somehow the referees lost control here. And, and I would postulate, you know, that, and I would submit to you that, that there's no reason for fans to really want to watch an offensive player beat their defender. And then the reward is to have some guy slide into him at the last second and get a charge. People don't come to watch Giannis have charges taken on him. They come to watch him play basketball. Brad, I know you want to jump in and have a follow up. He's so right. He's got his hands raised. Like he just like, you know, just won the oh. time. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm all for guys coming over to like, and trying to block the shot coming over and, yes. and attempting, you know, we, what are the uh, Illinois, uh, I think Illinois basketball, they have this thing called, called it a Mozgov. I don't know, something like that where they jump straight up in the air, right? I'm all for that stuff. Contest the shot, make it tough, but just standing underneath them and drawing a charge because it's so difficult to determine whether they were there before they took off. And, and then there's no way that guy can change directions if he's going in that in in midair some guys have great body control you know whatever but normally they can't change direction so that guy runs underneath them you're just bringing injury into play i mean there's undercutting guys and i and if they didn't do it they wouldn't try and do it even when they you can say well that was a charge okay maybe it was but the fact is they try and do it 27 times and and 10 times it's an undercut and the guy goes down hard and he gets hurt and that's not what you want to see from your star players Totally agree. There just aren't many guys like Dr. J and myself who can go around on that layup that he did against Kareem and everybody. It's just Mike, not that Mike, many guys Mike, who can that do that. that was on your Nerf hoop. You did that on a Nerf hoop. That's not the same thing. At age nine. Are you serious? A Nerf hoop doesn't count? <laughs> uh, uh-oh. I don't think so. <laughs> Something else Mike probably did uh, back in the day during his, uh, his mean high school years was stomp on an opponent. Draymond Green. Brother, you know what? 
I'm a big fan of his. Okay. I, I love players who had to fight their way. Great college player, second round pick, uh, was overlooked by everybody. And yet now he played himself into one of the top players in the league and he has several championship rings as a part of that. Um, but I'm sorry, I, I can't get past the whole stomping on another player, whatever. Just no place for that. There really isn't. Yeah, he's over the top. There's no question. Yeah. It's become it's almost become his his he's like in character. Mike can appreciate Draymond Green because it's like the WWE. He's he's basically playing the role of the heel, you know, and, and he and <laughs> I, he embraces it. He enjoys yeah. it. Yeah. And um, I think that's what he's doing. I think it's and it, it's it's the kind of what do they always say? Any public all publicity is good publicity, you know. So uh, and that's where he is. He's he's he, we're talking about Draymond Green because he stomped on a guy's chest. We're not talking about the fact that the Kings are, you know, took a 2-0 lead. We're talking about him stamping on a guy's chest. So, Yeah, and he's already had a temper tantrum cost them the, the uh, world title. Yes. Do you, do you, it's unfortunate because he's a, an excellent player, but much like Dennis Rodman, he's going to be remembered for his eccentricities over his on-the-court accomplishments, which, again... You know, if he was famous for doing a lot of make a wish, um, you know, come true for for kids, that would be one thing. But for getting kicked out of games, that's just not what you want to go down in history is the the footnote of your career. Yeah. You know, I've made fun of, you know, many times Chris Paul, the groin punch 30 feet from the basket in the opening round game of the 05 NCAA tournament mm -hmm. cost Wake Forest their best shot of the final four since Billy Packer. Uh, the late Billy Packer was playing, you know, back when they used a, you know, a peach basket for a hoop. Um, Draymond Green also, you're right. Game five in that finals against uh, the Cavs. If you don't have the groin punch by Draymond, the Warriors probably win that series. They'd probably take game six without him. It changed the, it changed the whole uh, uh, direction of, of the series. Hey, but lost in the shuffle here was the 2-0 start by Sacramento. First uh, playoff win in game one in 17 years for a franchise that's among the worst suffering in all of sports. Um, and De'Aaron Fox, you know, what, a, you know, first off, love that he cut the braids. He looks fantastic. Uh, what a handsome guy. Uh, backing up at the game with 38 points in game one um, coming up. This is a team that that looks really good against a team that's that's used to playoff basketball and used to winning championships. That's an impressive start. I mean, obviously still a ways to go to close it out, but impressive start to this series and showing that, you know, maybe Father Time is catching up with the golden state warriors a little bit, you know, you just never know. But uh, what I like about the Kings is that nobody expects anything. So they're just playing loose. They're playing free, even though the higher seeded team, most people didn't have them as the favorite. So, and, and they're just playing out, going out there, playing loose, playing free and do what they do. Who knows? I mean, that, that West, I'm telling you, both, both sides are wide open or, I mean, who's, I don't think there is that legit favorite this year. Like there has been in the past, like this team's, the favorite they're they're going to win they're going to do this and I, I don't see that this year from either conference yeah i would say the the biggest thing that we see with with going on out there is the golden state warriors are a lot like that player who gets the all in all-star vote two or three years after they maybe are past their prime and sacramento's that that team that's improving and they are going to have the opportunity to to beat the aging champ and and maybe they close out this era of Golden State Warriors and I didn't think that would happen and it, like you said Brad 2-0 is not a is not a one series but uh boy it's a great way to, I I'd much prefer to be 2-0 right now than 0-2 
There's no question. Uh, again, De'Aaron Fox was named the, the first clutch player of the year. And Brad, you were talking about like you know, anonymous voting this year for different uh, top players. Yeah, they had this article in The Athletic where they interviewed, they, they were doing the anonymous players. And they, the big one that got the most praise is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And they picked Jordan. Current players picked Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. I thought that was wild. But it's a really cool article in The Athletic going through all that. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was interesting, and and there was a lot of neat things with that. I think the the interesting thing is is he did close the gap about twelve percent compared <laughs> to a few years ago, and so I think uh, you know, of course, now you've got what will Giannis do with his career, and of course, in this year's draft is the next great big thing. So every time we think we know who the goat is, maybe there's a new one on the horizon to challenge. A lot of yeah. sheep, not many goats. That's yep. right. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Uh, We will take a quick timeout right here. So much more to come right now. Uh, Up next, uh, let's talk a little uh, spring football, and we'll uh, recap uh, one of the games uh, that happened uh, just recently here. Uh, You're listening to uh, Mike, Brad, and Larry right here. More after this. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. This segment presented by Busey Bank. Uh, so thankful for their sponsorship. Hey, by the way, uh, time to announce the winners of the third annual IlliniGuys.com Bracket Challenge winners. I was reminded uh, by a listener that we had not done that. Uh, the listener also is a member of IlliniGuys.com. Uh, Aaron of Crossville, Tennessee, first place, $700. Brian of Aurora, Illinois, second place, $200. Patrick of Lakemore, Illinois, uh, 100 bucks. So congratulations to all of them. And, you know, it's never... It's too late for this year's bracket. Obviously, (laughs) the tournament's over, but never too late to uh, reach out and join IlliniGuys.com and get all kinds of great stuff. Not just insider info, uh, great stories, but also all kinds of prizes and things. And we'll do some some giveaways in May, too. Because we give. We're givers. Larry, I could fill out a really good bracket now. I bet you could. Who who do you like? I think I like UConn. I I think (laughs) UConn is the team to beat. Um, I think there's going to be some Cinderella teams come to the Final Four, maybe Florida Atlantic, San Diego State. What? I don't know. That's just Florida Atlantic. I know it's crazy, but that's what I'm going with. You and yet you, you still Florida can't. Atlantic on a map. I know. And you still can't win, Brad. It I just never, doesn't matter. They, they never let me win. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's always trying. You know. Well, hey, guy who is uh, hopes to win is uh, Brandon Leap, uh, the seven footer, three years at Illinois, enters the transfer portal, and goes right down the road to Illinois State. 
Yeah, short trip for Brandon. So that's good. No, I, I think this is a really good fit for him because I, I think it's a place where he can get some time on the court, a little more time on the court, and and have an impact. And I think uh, former Illini uh, staffer Ryan Padone, who's uh, was at Ohio State as well, is now at Illinois State. So uh, this is a it's a good good thing for Brandon. I'm excited for him, and I hope he does well. Yeah, and I think on the inside at the in the Missouri Valley, he's going to give some people some problems and. You know, the, he has played against Kofi and, you know, Dane Danger. He should be prepared for anything that can get thrown at him in, in the MVC. I think it's a nice move. Now, Brad, does he have one year left or two years of eligibility? Yeah, he has two. So he has okay. two years nice. left. So that's okay. that's good for him. He can play two years there. I, and Zach Eady is not in the um, MVC, so that's good too. <laughs> So you don't right. have to play against Zachary. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, another more news of a former Illini player, Jarens Howard. Um, you know, began as the director of basketball operations at Illinois under Bruce Weber. Went on, um, you know, to to Kansas and built self staff for years. Then Chris Beard uh, at Texas sat a year out. Uh, there were some rumblings he might wind up at Illinois with the now the expanded coaching staffs. Instead, Jarens Howard going to SIU. Yeah, I tell you what, this is a really a big time hire for SIU. Coach Mullins really went out and got a guy who is known as one of the best recruiters in the Midwest. He obviously has recruited, you know, at the high major level. Um, so you go know, to places like Illinois, Kansas, and Texas. So this is a guy who can get players, and you know, I really think this is the kind of thing that could. Um, kind of uh, help SIU kind of springboard to the next level as a program. And also, Jarens gets a little bit of a different look, and he, maybe he gets to be a head coach um, here in a couple of years too. So it's a good thing for both parties. Excited for Jarens. He's a, he's a really good guy, and I'm excited for him. And SIU is just doing their NIL program. They started that up last month. So maybe that'll, coupled with Jarens' abilities, can help land some talent for uh, Carbondale. Missouri Valley Conference also very, very good. I know mid-major, but look, you know, we've talked before. Drake's had some a good run here. Loyola, uh, a Final Four recently, another Sweet 16, of course, at the, um, sorry, hands of the Illini. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, pick at that scab. But, Thanks uh, for bringing that up, Larry. Yeah, sorry. Just try to tell the, tell the news and uh, leave it to me to, uh, I just blow right through it. Doesn't even matter. Um, you know, it was going to be a big event uh, Thursday night, the annual Illinois football spring game, uh, the first in a decade coming off uh, a winning season and uh, weather coming in and changing all the plans. And so to kind of help us kind of weed through that a little bit and talk about kind of the changes and how things are going to go instead, we turn to, of course, the experts, uh, Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com, football writer and analyst uh, for IlliniGuys.com. Matt, as always, uh, good to talk with you. Kind of a surprising development Wednesday afternoon. Uh, takes him off Big Ten Network, so you don't have the exposure there. Um, but you were telling us here in the break, kind of explaining this, that not it's no longer a game. Like, this is just a, a scrimmage. I mean, this this really changes really the entire complexion of this. So the thing that I covered two weekends ago that they some for some strange reason decided to let me watch the entire thing of like, that's what this is now on Friday. Like, and it's my understanding that they're not going to keep score. Now they're, they're not going to do like the field goal kicking contest thing or whatever the heck it was that they were going to do. Um, they're not going to keep stats uh, and it's not going to be on television. So in in the world of Brett Bielema, who loves to keep everything in-house, like 
Mother Nature did him a solid by, <laughs> by letting him basically allow <laughs> nobody to figure out how this thing. It, 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 this is the tree falls in the forest theory of like if a spring game in Champagne happened and not a whole lot of people were there to see it, did it really happen? And Brett Bielema might be able to answer the question of no, it did not happen. So that's 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 good for the head collegiate football coach at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. How does this uh how, how does this affect like the the recruits that we're going to visit on you know on Thursday? <laughs> Do they still come on Friday? How does this how does this work? I have no earthly idea because I know a lot of those kids were going to try to double dip and and go somewhere on Saturday um and hit Illinois on Thursday night uh you know I don't mean to like do a Barry Lunny and say, Hey, that's a head coach question, but Brad, that sounds like a Kendrick Prince question, but I, I'll answer it the best I can, which is I talked to some people at Illinois uh, when it was announced and they said, that's the reason they want to do it Friday is they were pretty insistent on the idea of Illinois still having its own day. And then maybe kids can still hit the spring game that they want to hit on Saturday if, for some of those unofficial visits. But Quite frankly, I, I, I've talked with Ken about this. I know, Sturdy, you have too. The Thursday night game really wasn't that convenient for recruits in the first place. I don't see Friday being any more or less convenient, to be honest with you, in that regard. Um, and I think that if this game was on Saturday afternoon at like 2 o'clock, which is apparently the way that Brett Bielema loves to play football anyway, um, it might have been a little bit more optimal for recruits that wanted to be there all weekend except for the fact that I think Illinois wanted kids to be able to hop from Champaign to maybe Iowa State spring game or Notre Dame spring game or Ohio State spring game, if that's what they were choosing to do this weekend. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that they would go on Sunday and go up against the Rock, but maybe maybe the Rock and XFL were a little bit nervous about having the Illini do that. But <laughs> was th was that ever an alternative? I still think that in Urbana-Champaign, if you tried to do a spring game like a little bit after church, you'd probably have the same attendance as you would have on a Saturday night, probably at seven o'clock. So, or on Friday night at seven o'clock. So, um, I think the idea is they're just trying to get as many people as they can in on this thing. The scheduling is also, you know, the the Saturday is still going to be the you know film day get everything cleaned up day, last day of spring, and then we let them go. Um, and so they still wanted the last practice, that 15th practice to be on that Saturday um, when, you know, they, they correct everything and then they go over things and, and then they just dismiss everybody. And then they let a lot of the guys that you were going to see play the last few minutes of the game, you know, the, the stragglers, the, the third string guys, the developmental guys, the the early enrollees, they were going to get a lot of snaps on Saturday. That's still probably going to be the case if the weather is going to be great. The problem also, I was told, is that, and I know I'll be covering the golf tournament that Mike Small is going to host over at Adkins on Saturday, but the high on Saturday is supposed to be like 48 in Champaign-Urbana, and the low is supposed to be 35. Um it still wasn't optimal weather to have a whole bunch of people on Saturday. So I get the kind of needle or I get the, the needle that Illinois was trying to thread here um, with, with the date and the time and what, and whatnot. And mother nature just wasn't being cooperative. And to that point and talking with Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com here in the segment presented by Busey bank to your point. I mean, that just is what it is. I mean, this is a cold system coming in. We had the warm weather a couple of weeks ago. It's all now reversing itself. Mother nature likes the balance. Uh, and I know I'm hearing from, from, you know, my friend, the meteorologist that, that this cold system is going to be here for a while. Like we may not get back into the, 
regular warmer spring temperatures until like maybe the second week of May. I mean, it's kind of just the way it is. Um, Bite your tongue, Larry. Bite your tongue. Larry the the weatherman brought to you by. All I know, guys, is that when I heard they weren't going to do the spring game on like, uh, you know, Thursday on BTN, I texted a whole bunch of my friends in the coaching fraternity and a whole bunch of them were like, hey, how did Bielema pull this off? Because we don't want to put our spring game on television either. So. I was, you know, they're all they're all envious that Bielema will never never have any so, video so, evidence of his football team until they open up against Toledo on September second. So you're saying that Brett has an inside track with Mother Nature, and that's how he was able to move the spring game. Ah. I, I'm I'm told that the U of I has a national contending or national championship contending meteorology department. So like, yeah, I'm thinking that Brett Bielema placed a phone call and was like, "Hey guys, do me a solid here." <laughs> Do what you got to do. This is very similar to the in D.C. They had the oversight committee talking about UFOs, and it was on the. It was on. You could watch it, and the first hour and a half was not broadcast. So maybe maybe Bielma's got an insight, you know, with uh, Mother Nature and maybe the Department of Defense, and got it all together. I would think Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network would be the first one to be able to tell his colleagues that the only way we could actually videotape this inside the Irwin Indoor, if we want to do that, is probably have like a drone camera thing. So like there was no convenient way to do this on Thursday, like if they were going to go indoors. Well, the bottom line is, is there's a better chance of proving there's UFOs than actually seeing the Illinois spring practice game. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not convinced, guys, that they're not going to MIB me for like before I leave the stadium. On Friday night. But, yeah, so if, anybody, if anybody wants to say goodbye to Matt, just info to Line Eye Guys. Goodbye, Matt. Yeah. That's right. Well, Matt, whatever you do, make sure you wear your sunglasses um, <laughs> all day Friday so you don't get. You know, the little flashy thingy, flashy thingy thing. Look that, right here. Look right here. Exactly. Yeah. You're do the flashy, did you ever do the flashy thingy thing on me? Okay. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> all right. Uh, Matt Stevens, one joy. By the way, we, we should obviously, if it's not obvious to you already, we are recording this before uh, Friday's scrimmage. But uh, Matt will write up his notes and have that on the front page of com for you to enjoy. Um, if you're hearing this uh, on Saturday after the game, and of course, we'll have him back on the show next week to uh, discuss more um, as we get out of spring practice and they get into the offseason uh, for the Atlanta football program. Matt, good to talk with you. Enjoy. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys. All right, keep it here. Uh, more Illini basketball news aside from Lieb and Jarrett Howard. Uh, an update as well in terms of what's going on with uh, recruiting and the portal. That's coming up next on this segment presented by Busey Bank. So glad that Busey, again, is a sponsor of uh, this great program and Illini sports. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with 
IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. We all make more than 35,000 decisions a day. Most are small, but some can be life-changing. When it comes to taking care of yourself, the most important choices can be hard to make. Like having a tough conversation instead of ignoring a buddy's call. Or being there for support, not assuming things will just get better. Make the decision to be there for the veterans in your life, for your community, for yourself. Learn more at BeThereForVeterans.com. Hello, this is John Makovic, former coach of the Fighting Illini, and I sure enjoy listening to the Illini guys on their Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Cagley, and uh, Patrick Quinn on audio force here as we continue on the Sports Spectacular all along the Illini guys radio network. Uh, talking now some Illini basketball and uh, the updates. You know, it's funny that some of the fans on the IlliniGuys.com board getting restless because every day they're coming on and, oh, my God, there's somebody picked. And what are they doing? And it's this guy. It's that guy. And we're not getting that guy. And fire the coach. Bring this coach in. And that coach got this. And it's just the same thing. Brad, without realizing that last year, the big fish, Terrence Shannon, didn't come on board until, was it the end of April? Yeah, April 29th a year ago was uh, Terrence Shannon's commitment. And then Matthew Meyer was at near the end of May. So you're talking about, a lot of time still to pass before we see all these guys, uh, all this portal stuff shake out. Um, guys have to be in the portal by May 11th. The guys have to be out of the portal by May 31st if they're coming back to school. So we have a lot of time left before we do this. Currently, Illinois has basically nine guys on our roster, plus two guys who have entered the draft and kept their college eligibility in Terrence Shannon, Coleman Hawkins. So there's only a couple spots left. Um, if, Shannon Hawkins return if not you know obviously they're going to pick up some guys later but yeah I, I think it's still pretty wide open and they're they're gonna they're going after some big fish yeah and, and it looks like Illinois is widely acknowledged to need a point guard and a center and like you said there are still quite a bit of time for players to decide if they're going to jump in or not it's going to get crazy because the other part that most people don't think about is if you end up signing someone, you may lose a player on your team who in reaction to that. So the, the portal is like the ultimate of, of, you know, constant motion. Yeah. And yeah. Brad, remind us all, you mentioned this about a month ago, but I think it's good for anyone who might've missed that show. Um, explain to, to the fans, how this process works. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not like the, a lot of the kids go to the portal and, and then they go talk to five or 10 schools and choose one. Um, there are a lot of things done kind of in secret, you know, third parties, that kind of thing that, that sometimes these kids know these young men, I should say, I shouldn't call them kids or kids to us. Um, but, but they know what they're doing when they, when they finally do enter the portal, they already have a pretty good idea or sometimes even a deal already done in terms of what's next for them. Yeah. So a lot of times like, that you'll get third-party candidate, third-party people. Like they'll say, "Hey, I'm interested in this school," so you'll have an AAU coach, a, a high school coach, a parent, somebody like that, reach out to a, a guy who's close to the uh, to a coaching staff. Say, "Hey, see if they would have interest in in this in this guy." 
you know, what are their thoughts on this? And they're like, yeah, we'd have interest. So, you know, they start gauging interest early on to see if they were doing it. In fact, I, I think I told you this, this story, like literally the guys from UConn who were winning a national title were on the day of the national championship game were, were there were got their agents and their people were reaching out to other people to see if other schools have interests, if they could get more NIL from this or from that. It's just nuts. It's a crazy world. And so this is the world we're in though. So we got to deal with it. We got to go with it, but it's, it's also, it, it's a process. It takes time. And so these guys may enter the portal and even if they're, they may take a visit even, but they already know where they're going many times. Like they, uh, I'm going to take a visit because then they don't know that, you know, then they can't say they were tampered with, you know, before they enter the portal. But yeah, it's a crazy world we're living in. And, you know, Illinois did a good job uh, locking up a couple guys um, early to add to their, you know, they needed some playmakers, some depth. And now they're looking after some big fish, a, a dynamic point guard and a, a, a big man. You know, it reminds me a little bit of, of a coach when a coach is at a mid-major and they have a great season they strike while the iron's hot to move up to a better coaching job. And it seems like that's what we're almost seeing the same psychology with the players. But it just seems crazy that the UConn players, Brad, were doing it the day of the game, like hours before they're about to tip off to, to, to win a title that, that this is happening. What yeah, is and, and I would say this one thing, Larry, I don't even know if they know what was going on. You know, they're, they've Point. got people behind them doing it. They may not even know. Good That's point. what I, there was a there was a kid the other day. I'll give you a great example. There's a kid the other day. He tweeted, and one of the stipulations he's a, he'd be a, he he's he would be a two time transfer, and one of the stipulations to get a second transfer is to have a mental health issue, right? In his tweet, he talked about how people are telling him where he should go to school, and it's it's bothering his mental health. He needs to take a break from basketball to to get his mind right, and all these different things before any tweet. Now you watch in a couple of weeks, that same kid's probably going to go in the portal and, and, and because, and he'll get us, he'll get a free transfer. Cause well, he had mental health before he went in the portal. So yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's like an epidemic in the spring. It right? is. It is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> April showers bring May flowers and mental health issues among college basketball yeah. players. Uh, and I'm not joking, obviously about uh, mental health. I'm, I'm not at all, but um, what I was going to ask you a minute ago is, Take me, take me behind the scenes in terms of the coaches. This has to be an impossible season. And this may be why coaches like Jay Wright and, um, you know, and some others, you know, said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. You know, Mark Turgeon, I'm, I don't want a part of this. Because instead of, like, focusing on recruiting and going out to all the, you know, all of the, um, you know, the, the camps, right, that, that started even some this weekend and go all the way through in, until August, instead of worrying about that and your own players, I mean, it's, it, you're constantly negotiating. I mean – and trying to get these players and, and with the handlers and the boosters and the NIL money. And what's it like for coaches? It's crazy. I mean, there's basically no downtime anymore. It used to be in the spring, you know, you'd, you'd have some recruiting weekends, but then you'd spend your time um, working with your kids and, and doing workouts and you'd have some time. You maybe have a vacation. Well, you don't really get that anymore because you're constantly in the portal. You're constantly trying to find guys. And, and that's all the, same time you're doing that this week, they're going out and seeing, um, you know, they've gone out and seen kids in the East coast, West coast, whatever they're all over the country during your evaluation period. Now they're going to have the weekend. This weekend is, you know, big evaluation period for high school kids. So they're out doing this, but you'll watch there are visits going on on campuses so that some of the coaches are staying back and not recruiting high school kids so they can have a portal kid on campus for a visit. 
So it's just a wild time, and the coaches get no downtime. It's constant. It's 24-7, basically, with text messages, you know, Snapchats, whatever, you know, checking social media, calling this guy, traveling. It's just a, it's a crazy time of year, and it's actually crazier right now than probably it is during the season for a lot of these guys. Mm. And on top of it, you have the fans going, you can change the team. You have the portal. We can be good next year. We can be great next year. So the expectations get ratcheted up to unbelievably insane levels for these these coaches because they can somehow be the only team in the portal that's going to be going for the number one center or the number one point guard you pick the position. And it just doesn't work that way, folks. Seems so easy. Just it's a plug and play, and and it's it's really not. So uh, so much to come still. Again, strap in. As we've said before, uh, long way to go here until this Illinois basketball roster uh, is going to be set. Uh, not so long to go until our next segment. Just a couple of minutes away. Will Leach, the Illinois alum, talking about his new book. Uh, coming up shortly here on the Sports Spectacular. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professional installed home security system of 2022 and right now you can get vivens home security technology for about a dollar a day plus get free professional installation from a licensed technician protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day call right now for your free home security consultation 800-613-8053-800-613-8053 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. When life isn't easy, you need health care that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care. We continue on the show. Glad you're with us, uh, as always. Uh, Larry, Mike, and Brad, and joined by, man, what are the great, uh, <laughs> this guy is incredible. Every time we talk with him, we always like run out of time. Uh, he's the founder of Deadspin. He's a contributor in New York Magazine, has a new book coming out, his sixth book, Called the time has come. None other than uh, Will Leach, also hosted the Will Leach show as well. I mean, yeah, the 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 former the the former perhaps not lamented uh, Sports Illustrated talk show, uh, the Will Leach show, <laughs> where a bit where a bunch of celebrities were uh, basically were recruited to come on and be like, hey, we're, sure, we'll do something for Sports Illustrated. Wait, who's this guy? What, what are we? What are we? What are we? What are we doing here? Sure, I'll play along, I guess. Uh, yeah, that right before, right before the pandemic officially ended, uh, the Will Leach show. But uh, during the pivot to video era of uh, of of online uh, of Sports Illustrated's media, I briefly for about two years hosted the talk, hosted the, a talk show. We call it the Will Leach show because to kind of show to show off that literally anyone can get a show. 
on, uh, in, in these hey, that, that, and, that's my that's my role. I thought I was the one who pioneered that. <laughs> I know it's great. They're like, "What do you want to call? Let's call it the Will Ollie Show." And like, why? I was because it's making fun of the fact that I have a show. And they're like, "Oh, that's a great way to sell it." Well, that's a very okay. uh, very good way to do it. So it was very fun to do. But yes, that was part of the Sports Illustrated uh, or before the Mavening of uh, Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Well, to, to be fair though, uh, you also did a lot of appearances on MSNBC and did a great oh, job yeah. as well. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not like it was your first four i do i've done i've done i've done some tea yeah. I, you know i like any writer uh, i feel like uh the more if you as you as you all know the more you go on tv the more people like oh he must be a good writer <laughs> i mean like, like no <laughs> nobody reads on tv yeah, got on tv right so yeah it's like yeah. on tv he must be like i'm not gonna read it but i'm gonna trust that he's probably good he's on television so, exactly uh, I, I always say yes that's why I'm working on a book. So people can say, oh, he's smart. It's like, I tell you, go on television. You know this. I mean, like, I can write the best book in the world. And everyone from our hometown of Matt too is going to be like, hey, there's Larry. He's on TV. And they're like, oh, Will, right. You do something too, right? Like, no, no, I'm not on, I'm not on TV. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. Mm. We should be we should be fair and, and make sure that Will and I, uh, I'm several years older than Will, but we are both from the same town, uh, yeah. the great Matt Toon. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, give us your take, man. There's so many things we could talk about. Um, college basketball season just finished. I know you're a big, um, big hoops fan. Oh yeah. Uh, would you? Did you have UConn in in your bracket? I didn't. I was. I was of the idea when I pick my bracket. I usually go with the team I think is really good but is being underappreciated. This year, that was Kansas. Kansas was the one that like everyone like just kind of forgot had won the championship last year. It was really good all year in self's thing, you know, and, and plus that bracket was so hard. So I felt like I was countering to it on stuff like that. Usually doesn't work, but you know, it's hard to win those things. So uh, I went, I had Kansas, uh, you know, I would definitely did not have Illinois getting out of the first round. Uh, it, it should, it should be noted. You know, I think that uh, I said this, uh, I, 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 you know, I live in Georgia, but I do not miss Illinois basketball games. I, uh, my father was also from Mattoon. Uh, otherwise, it would have been confusing growing up. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, he lives out here in Winterville now with my mom, and we go out and walk. I bring my boys out. We always go watch Illinois games. My, my son, I bought my son, son a uh, Sky Clark jersey just in time. And, uh, and so, yeah, it worked out perfect. Worked out perfect. So you like, jinxed him. Oh. Yeah, this they, they love this guy. They gave him the point guard spot. He's gonna be here forever. Uh, bad, bad investment. But he got a little nil money out of the Leach family, so uh, I'd be happy about that. But yeah, you know, I have to say uh, there were good things about these this team. I actually saw them in both New York and Vegas, so I saw the two games that were so exciting. That was in person for both of those. But I will say um, when they lost, I did not have this feeling of uh, great loss and disappointment. It felt like, yep, this is probably what was going to happen. And I and I think I think a lot of Illini fans share that frustration. I, it, I still think the pieces were there. I, we all saw that Texas game, which, again, they were behind for a while. But when they pulled it together, you're like, oh, this could this could be one of the best Illini teams ever. They never really got that going. And so I still I'm excited to see what happens the rest of this offseason. I still think there's possibilities that some of these guys may end up coming back. And I, and I know that there's all the, whether it's Tiger Williams or it's some sort of point guard, people are excited about something for, for them. But I, I, I still, even with the postseason frustrations, I still feel like the program is on the right track. And I, as proof of that, I can prove, I will show you the 10 years where Illinois <laughs> went to, in one NCAA tournament game. So uh, I, the, the fact that we're even, uh, able to be frustrated by early instantly uh, exits, I think is a sign of progress. As, as the old guy here, I feel like we've went back to the future 
and we're, we're in the Henson era where he was trying to break through. Yeah. Um, the question I have for you is, is with the NIL and the transfer portal, do you miss um, watching these players develop over four years where maybe a guy didn't do much or even underachieved his freshman year, but by the time his senior year, you're really glad he's on the team. Has that changed the, the college landscape for you any? Uh, I would say I miss it, but you know, I also miss um, being able to comfortably disagree with a relative about politics and have it no, be no big deal. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like I miss a lot of things and, yeah, uh, exactly. that aren't coming back, you know? So uh, I think that um, certainly I, I, it is hard. I think I talked to my dad again. My, I grew up in Illinois basketball uh, when the games were on WCIA and Dan Roan exactly, was calling exactly. him. And, and, uh, and so I think that actually I've always argued that's one of the reasons Illinois basketball is so big, particularly in the central Illinois area. People that didn't even go to the university because the games people were just, like the way that KMOX card, people are Cardinals fans because CB in Arkansas and Tennessee. I think that's a big reason that Illinois basketball is so big that gets a little bit lost. Um, so I talked to my dad about this. I think he's having a harder time adjusting to it than I am just because he's like, wait, so the, 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 our star freshman point guard didn't even, he barely made it a semester and we just got Epps going and now he's leaving. Then I get it. And, and, you know, uh, I think there's an argument to be made that we spend so much time. Let's say one of the things that you guys do is so great. And Brad does so great as well on your side is to follow all this stuff. And we, we get obsessed with all this in the off season. I find myself getting closer to being like, you know what? Like a couple of weeks before the season, I'll just check out the roster then. And you can tell me who's there. And that's different, obviously. And it takes out some of uh, the excitement of watching. I remember getting excited. Like, I think a lot of people forget that like Kendall Gill was younger than the rest of that 89 team because you got the, and so you saw him be even better the next year. You get to watch these guys kind of build up. You got to see, I remember, uh, you know, I mean, there was a Kenny Norman here or there, but generally speaking, yep. you watch these guys get better and uh, and watch them grow. I my freshman year was Kawan Garris's freshman year, so like I always like he I always had felt like a connection to him and watched him throughout those years. So you do miss that, but I mean that is that is among the many things that I think we all uh, miss because they've changed uh, from when we were younger. And I will say, the frustration for me about NIL is not. It's certainly not that the players are getting paid and right. certainly not that uh, the players have the opportunity to um, to uh, have uh, some agency over their fates in the way that coaches have had and the way that everyone else in college sports had. There's so much money in college sports. It probably feels like like I think it's it's overdue time. The problem is the abdication of leadership and the abdication of any sort of authority, any sort of overarching thing to say, okay, let's get some general guidelines. Like in the wake of of uh, of uh, like the Brett Kavanaugh's famous thing that he put in the Supreme Court document, where he basically said, "The NCAA, you're a cartel. It's not happening. It's over." And the NCAA said, rather than like fight for its existence or say, okay, what's our new place here said, yeah, I'm out. Sorry. Figure it out yourselves. <laughs> and that's what's happening. And I think that that's the frustration. I think sometimes gets taken out on players and gets taken out on, well, he's just going for the best deal. Yeah. So is the coach. So is the athletic director. So is everybody. And so the, so getting frustrated as a player, I think is not that the player is not fair for that, but I think people are put in that position because there's no guidelines and there's no sort of things. And also, I but yeah, I think it changes the experience. I think it definitely changes the experience. I don't think it's necessarily worse. I didn't find myself rooting any less 
for uh, or getting any more frustrated, any more or less frustrated by Matthew Meyer. The fact that he was only there for one year, he's still in a line. I, 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 I it should be a couple of games. I'm like, okay, I get who this guy is. It's not like I'm like, well, you weren't here two years ago, so I don't right. care. Like, you know, right. it's you're still invested in it, but certainly the experience of watching these guys grow and getting the connection. Uh, and I do think long term, I, I live in Athens, Georgia, and I see. I see football players that played here 35 years ago that are still treated like gods. So I think sometimes uh, that, that get players don't re- recognize that sometimes that long-term it's very lucrative to like be associated with a place where people deeply care about this, as opposed to being the third string quarterback on the bills and then getting cut. And nobody cares, but you left a year early. So we're bouncing around Japan if you're a basketball player. So I think they miss that sometimes, but until there's an overarching authority, this is just kind of the way it has to be. And I don't I don't know know how it changes because the NCAA has kind of abdicated the responsibility. Talking here with Will Leach, and I totally agree. Spending some time now in Lexington, Kentucky, I found that that the UK fans don't know who the players are till mid January because yeah. every year they're they're switching players yeah. out. And to your point, NCAA tournament, you know, Miami got some flack for the way they you know the NIL money, and I'm like, did anybody break a rule? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? Who yeah. cares? I mean. They spent $5 billion. I don't care. This is to your point. This is today's landscape. And and you're right. Nobody is ever there. Still, we're still waiting for a set of rules. We, we know what you can't do. No one says what you can do. And so I, yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, you, you've got the new book coming out. I want to make sure we spend some time talking about this. Um, you've written six books. What have you learned mm-hmm. since since the first one? Uh, I, well, you know, the first, the first, the first, the first four, uh, cause yeah, the, the first, I, the first one was a collection of essays. I, uh, I used to run alternative weeklies, kids, alternative weeklies were these things that were alternative newspapers, kids, newspapers <laughs> were these things, you know, what is a lot to explain. Um, and, uh, and <laughs> never mind. But anyway, it was a long time ago. And then I wrote a young adult novel that actually takes place in Mattoon. But then Deadspin kind of launched. And when Deadspin launched, you know, it clearly associated me with sports. And so I wrote a couple of sports books and uh, they did well. But then, you know, then I had kids and, you know, and then I moved to Georgia. And, and I really kind of wanted to write something that did not was not as directly associated with sports as I am. So what I've learned from writing novels that aren't associated with sports is it really, really confuses people when you are a sports writer who writes novels that are not associated with sports. Mitch Album got to, was like the one. <laughs> and everybody yeah. else gets very, very kind of confused by it. I think it's always very funny. You know, I I think the kind of particularly in the online world, there's this obsession with like, oh, well, I, I, you, everything's very specialized. Everything's very, you're kind of branded a certain thing and you're supposed to do that. And I kind of enjoy being able to write novels that really don't have a lot to do with sports, though do often take like they're set in either Illinois or Georgia, uh, where I uh, where the places I know the best. But uh, people kind of be like, you're a sports writer or you're a novelist, but like, being both of those things confuses people. Uh, the guy that the, my editor at Harper Collins, who bought the novel, literally doesn't care about sports at all. And he's like, "Wait, you write about sports?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of more known for that." And uh, and meanwhile, in sports, they have no idea that I wrote write novels. And so, uh, it, for me, it is uh, it is exciting to be able to, you know, my hero going up was Roger Ebert, the uh, the Illinois alum, and uh, he grew up in Urbana, obviously. And you know, he has uh, his big thing was just make things right, keep making things. Uh, uh, always say yes to things, try new things, always keep making things. Uh, he also said his three favorite words in the English language were by Roger Ebert. <laughs> and uh, I always kind of feel that a little bit. I always kind of like, I get obsessed with bylines, obsessed with making things, except with doing things. And so uh, uh, I, I've i definitely learned that it's it, it's not as hard to write a book as you think. It's actually harder 
I always thought it would be harder, easier to write fiction because you could just make all the little people do what you wanted to, as opposed to like when journalism where you have to just write down what they actually did, which is kind of <laughs> annoying. But it turns out we accept insanity in real life that we don't accept in fiction. Like if strange things happen in real life all the time and we're like, yeah, life is weird. That's uh, I understand it. But in, if something strange uh, out of nowhere happens in fiction, they're like, the author should have fixed this. I don't believe this. So people are more likely to believe nonfiction than fiction. So uh, uh, it's been fun to see audience reactions to things. So the the book is called the 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 time has come and it's coming out on it looks like May sixteenth. Yes. Um, it, it's kind of really interesting. So so the famous Lindbergh's pharmacy <laughs> is is the setting, and apparently one of the uh, main characters thinks that something bad is happening behind their famous black door. <laughs> yeah. What was the inspiration for this? Cause already is just as I'm reading through some materials, you know, it's like, okay, now I got to buy a book and folks, <laughs> it's out there. Books are these things that you have to read. And you can listen and, to them too, by the way, okay. you can listen to them too. You can listen yep, to them yep. too. Good I point. will have you, I will have, you know, my aunt, uh, my aunt Joyce back in, uh, back in Mattoon, she's not a reader, but she wanted to hear the audio. She wanted to know the thing I was working on. So my last book, how lucky she got the audio for it. And then she got an hour into it. She's like, wait, this isn't Will. I was like, I know I wrote it and like an actor did it. So uh, she's like, oh, forget it. I did so um, so I, I'm from a family of non-readers is basically what I'm saying. And um, so yeah, the, the idea, there are two inspirations for the book. One uh, plot wise and construction wise, one of my favorite movies of all times is a time is Robert Allman's Shortcuts, which came out in 1993. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of similar to Magnolia uh, where there's a lot of characters and then you follow them and then something big happens and connects them. But for Tina, uh, basically Tina is uh, a, during the pan, in the middle of pandemic, she's a school teacher who school's been shut down. So she spends, she gets, very lonely and gets very obsessed she just kind of goes down a conspiracy theory rabbit hole she was actually inspired by that kindergarten teacher that stormed the capitol and uh not and had it was not a political thing at all she just legitimately thought had been online and saw that like oh my god horrible things are happening there i have to go save the children because she'd been alone and she was and then there was something sad and tragic about her and so i kind of i got obsessed with the idea of uh of someone uh lost and lonely trying to figure out how to uh to to solve a problem that's not actually happening and okay. uh and so she decides she's going to come on one day at 5 30 at Lindbergh's and she's going to come in and she's going to stop this once and for all and then we cut to and we follow six characters throughout the book we follow their days leading up up to where they all end up at that place at 5 30 and then things happen and then uh, hopefully it all gets resolved in a way that uh, is it's a fun book i don't want to make it sound dark it's it's it covers dark things but it's hopefully very funny and uh, hopefully people will enjoy it well i i think so um you know everything that you've done just um you know knowing you over the years and following your your career has just been outstanding mm -hmm. and i think this will be like you said the next uh, the next big thing for you. Hey, again, the book is called uh, The Time Has Come. Uh, Will, unfortunately, our time has come to end this. I'm disappointed, and I know Mike is too, because we are really enjoyed this. So um, I will talk to you about Illinois basketball anytime. They, well, we didn't get a chance to talk about R.J. Melinda that's now that's playing right. in Georgia. Now that's right. In Georgia. So about to play for roughly a fifth as many fans every single game. <laughs> uh, but I'll be there. I'll be there. And I'll be like, there. his shoulders are slumping again. But, uh, uh, but uh, and I'd say that I don't 
of love for RJ. I love RJ, but I he I, I, it's proof that Illinois fans are nice people that they still liked RJ after the shooting slump and after all the shoulder slumping. So I'm going to try to cheer that into uh, bang that into Athens fans, uh, the the five or six other Georgia basketball fans. Right, that are there. So yeah, just yeah. yell out, go. <laughs> you can yell go out RJ, and he'll be like, <laughs> oh yeah, go Illini. I'll wear my. I, can I still get? Can I still get Melinda's nil stuff? I saw, like, if Illini, I saw right out there on clearance. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Be cheap. Yo, just yell at him, RJ, Illinois, Ten, love you. That and technical was ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll yell that you out. got robbed against him. <laughs> exactly. Will Leach, and again, the the book is uh, the time is the time has come. Hey, great talk with you, and we hopefully we can uh, have you on again very soon. Holler anytime, it'd be my pleasure. All right, the great Will Leach, right here. Of course, he's great. He's from Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, nice people. That's right. <laughs> They're all good people there. Stay with us. Much more to come after this. Keep it here. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Hour number two here, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. And you know who's buying lunch the rest of the year? Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Again, I mentioned earlier that I love the underdog and you know, coming out of nowhere. Jalen Hurts, not a first-round pick, wins the starting job, takes the Eagles to a Super Bowl, and this week rewarded by becoming the highest paid NFL player in history, a five-year deal that averages $51 million a year. Uh, Dr. Evil could only be so lucky. Yeah, you know, yeah, I guess that's good. I mean, you know, it's a little bit less than my contract, but it's close. You know I mean? We're right around there. So Almost sturdy money. Almost. He's getting there. You know, I, I got to give him credit. You, know, you wonder, though, how does this move the Lamar Jackson needle, though? I mean, yeah. like with Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts getting $250 million. But now, not all of that's guaranteed. I think that's the hang up with Jackson. He wants that 250 million type money to all be guaranteed. And Hertz took a little less. So maybe there's, I, I don't know. But Jalen Hertz, it's amazing. This is a guy who couldn't, who lost his starting position at Alabama, went to Oklahoma, became a Heisman Trophy candidate, went to, then leads the Eagles to the Super Bowl. He always been doubted, just kind of overcame all this stuff. I'm not saying he was, but he was, it wasn't good enough for Alabama, that he wasn't good enough for the NFL, and now here he is. Now he's the highest-paid quarterback in the, in the, in the uh, NFL. I guess the only coach who can really stop Jalen Hurts is Nick Saban. So, but you do have to, you do have to, to, you know, think about, you know, the slotting part of the NFL, and now the Eagles have some fantastic draft choices this year. But they do have to now figure out how to take $51 million out of the salary cap and pay for a quarterback. And I think it becomes a lot harder to win when you've got that type of money going out of one position. It's it, There's so much tied up. You're exactly right. And we've talked before, it's kind of the, the Cowboys issue is that they had, there was nowhere to – there's no way to prorate it because of the deals they had with, with Dak Prescott before. But now to get on to that, I want to really – you know. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I'm with you guys. I, this is fantastic. A kid who started as a true freshman uh, was the man for Alabama till injury, loses his gig, as Brad said. And then, um, you know, it's just uh, good for him. And uh, and it's amazing to think that Carson Wentz is about to go on his, what, fifth team or something? I mean, it's, um, you know, he's making his, making his way. He needs to go west now. He's almost in almost every East Coast city. It's time to now head west. <laughs> and, and, Try his luck out there because he's it's he's like, in all the places in the east. He's got to figure out where he's going to retire to, so he's just checking out all these locations. <laughs> exactly. He so. needs to go to the 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 city with the best orthopedic surgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, and but usually these these things happen like after thirty. 
um, you know, for him, it's it's much, uh, much younger. Another quarterback story, huge story this week. Of course, we know Arch Manning, grandson uh, of Archie, uh, son of Cooper, um, brother of, of Peyton and Eli. I mean, he's the next uh, in the great uh, quarterback royalty. Um, will not be the starter for Texas as a true freshman. As the other five-star kid, it was already there, Quinn Ewers, uh, they've already said that he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy under center uh, this fall for the Longhorns. This really shouldn't shock anybody, should it? I mean, and, and I get Manning's good. He's really talented. But this is a guy who has all the – he has a year of experience. And so the weird part about it is, does Manning stay? Like, I mean, I, I'm not trying to mean here. Does he stay past this year and say – because Ewers, right? I mean, can he stay two more years? And then you start wondering, like, when does Manning say, you know, I want to go play? Because there's going to be a ton of places that would come and say you can be our starter from day one. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But he's good. He's going to be good. He had some moments in the spring game didn't look very good. You know, they there's actually this is how you know you're a big name. Every play from the spring game that he had was posted in a highlight reel. Every play, every play, <laughs> every snap he took was posted in a highlight reel on Twitter, and you could watch every play for Arch Manning, and he's the backup. If, if you're a college team, it almost pays to recruit the quarterbacks that are recruited by Alabama, Ohio State, and Texas, knowing that at least one a year is going to transfer out of there. And if you have a good relationship with them and a strong NIL program, you might be able to get a real jump start for a program that normally couldn't get a five-star like that right out of high school. And USC. Take USC. Lincoln yeah. Riley, too. Because, yep. I mean, take the guys that aren't good enough to play for them. They're probably good enough to play for you. <laughs> I'm quite certain that that strategy is one that somebody will stumble upon and and turn it into a, like a, a great string of quarterbacks. And if you recall, um, you know who else didn't start as a true freshman his first game? His uncle Peyton Manning, if you recall. Uh, I heard of that guy. Yeah, he's a, he's he turned okay. out okay. He's okay. I I he's mean, he's he's a decent host um, on that that Monday night thing on that that channel in Connecticut. I can't think of the name of it. No, but no, but Peyton was somebody that that if my if I'm not mistaken, he actually began the season. I think is I think is the third stringer, um, and then came in. In fact, one of the guys that that got injured that um, cleared the way for him um, is now uh, one of the baseball's all time greats, and Todd Helton. Uh, the left-hander actually was ahead of him in the death chart as a two-sport star for Tennessee. Uh, a guy, Brandon Stewart, a true freshman, just like Peyton, who went up transferred to Texas A&M. Peyton came in. It was clear he was the guy. And so, you know what? It could still be Arch's year. Just delay. Maybe later. So, yeah. Like, you know, Peyton couldn't win win the big game. They had to get T. Martin before they could win the – Exactly. Beat, beat Florida and win the natty. So And it still hurts. Still hurts yeah. him. Exactly, exactly right. Um, you know, another big story out of uh, Ohio State, um, their offensive coordinator, Brian Hartline, uh, had the ATV wreck last week, right after, like hours after the spring game, like late at night, uh, later admitting that he had been drinking before that. Uh, not good for a young guy trying to make his way in the coaching fraternity. Yeah, I don't think it, that doesn't set a very good example for your players. Like, hey, guys, make sure we're not making any bad decisions this weekend. I know I did, but don't you do it too. You know what I mean? It <laughs> doesn't make a lot. But, you know, yeah, it is. It's sad because and we're lucky that there aren't more injuries. You know what I mean? Like you're lucky that it wasn't like a crash that could have, you know, injured someone else. And that's the real 
for me, that's when people are drinking and driving, that's always the biggest um, scary thing for me. So go show, maybe we're not quite mature enough to, to handle this situation yet. Yeah, I think we may have seen one of the brighter careers that maybe not derailed, but certainly uh, stumbled going over the top of the hurdle. Um, and we'll see where this takes him. But, you know, before this incident, he was probably looked at as one of the top young coaching prospects in college football. Yeah, still time to redeem himself. Luckily, he was not seriously injured in that. As Brad said, it could have been uh, so much worse. Uh, quick time out right now. Stay with us. More to come after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships. Build community. And build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Glad you're still with us here on uh, Alana Guys, the Sports Spectacular, heard all over the Alana Guys radio network. In fact, uh, in six states on the radio and, of course, global. Um, if you miss this, there is the podcast version you can find on the front page of IlaniGuys.com or wherever you uh, find your podcast. Uh, he's a worldly guy, Zach Eady, seven foot four, um, player of the year that didn't get out of the first round and will forever go down in history as a number one seed that lost. That's the bad. Uh, the good is that he is uh, entering the NBA draft. Um, but guys, unusual for a guy of his skill set. Is there a spot for him in today's NBA? 20 years ago, absolutely. Now it's not so much. Yeah, it's it's a weird, you know, we've obviously, El, Illinois people went through this with Kofi Coburn, what was his role, you know, dominant college player moves on. Now Zach Eady's in the same thing. And I, I don't know that there's a spot for him in the NBA, but I think he probably has a better opportunity because um, he is a little bit better, um, you know, it's shooting the ball. I, I think he can expand his game offensively. The one thing I don't know that he'll ever be, though, is able to defend in today's NBA. I don't know because, you know, Purdue would put him – they switched and it created mismatches. It made him tough. It was hard for him to guard and, and out on the perimeter. And that's that was the one thing that gave them fits, especially when they lost in the 1-versus-16 game in the NCAA tournament. Just to clarify, Purdue lost as a one seed to a 16 seed. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, Edie <laughs> – Edie basically, I, I, exactly. I would have thought prior to Kofi that there was a place for both of them in the NBA, but I, I don't know the way you, you watch these playoff games, the way bigs, anybody who's even slightly slow gets drawn out to 25 feet. And then let's face it, the worst shooter on the, an NBA team can hit the three pointer like seven out of 10 times if nobody guards them. And so you get a big on you out there and it's almost like automatic or you pump fake and go to the, go to the basket. 
Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, you look down the stretch. I was watching some of the, the mock draft boards. He was nowhere to be found at 7-4, uh, the big Canadian. Now, by the way, he did he does leave the door open to return. And so if you were hoping for uh, in the Big Ten, hoping for a Purdue team without Zach Eady, uh, don't hold your breath. I mean, it's, it's still uh, very possible. Uh, another big story this week, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, the, uh, the outstanding quarterback with the Dolphins, admitting this week that, he considered retirement for a time after multiple concussions uh, this past season. And guys, we've talked about him, you know, on on radio and also off in our own personal conversations. This is a really difficult decision for a man who's only 25 years old and has already had some serious, you know, it's one thing he feels good now. How's he going to feel in 15, 20 years? It's, this is scary. Well, we've, you know, we, the big thing is this whole CTE, you know, we find out later about these NFL guys with their head injuries. You know, guys like Mike and I, we had head injuries and, now we're paying the price, as you can see. But I mean, we, we, we just played right through it. Nobody even told us we had a concussion back then. We just said, "Ah, you got your bell rung. You're good." But rub some dirt I, on him. Yeah, it's all good. You're fine. You, you can still play, right? No. So, but I feel bad for, I feel bad for Tua because I mean, it's not. There's nothing you can do about this. It's not like you can develop your brain and make it stronger so you don't get a concussion. You know what I mean? Like you can. Oh, I'm gonna rehab my knee, or I'm gonna get stronger so I can take hit punish. There's nothing you can do about a head injury, and it's something that's long-term, and you can't fix it either. So that, I, I really feel bad, and I, it's scary. I understand now that with the technology we have and the knowledge we have, I, I understand why a guy might want to step aside, even at 25 years old, with his level of talent. That was a good point, Mark. Um, you know, we... <laughs> It's it's we, it's Dave. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was funny because Coach would ask us back in the '80s, "Are, are you okay?" And they'd ask you what day it was, and you'd be like, "Tuesday." And they're like, "Good, you can go back in." <laughs> yep. You know, and if that was that, yeah, as long as you didn't say, "I'm Batman." Yeah, then you're exactly. Okay. And they might have taken that as an answer from me, but <laughs> but the bottom the bottom line is 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 if if people think about like old films of Muhammad Ali when he was speaking as a young man. Uh, older films of Evander Holyfield and compare Evander from 2000, well, go to, go to 1990, then go to 2000 and then go to now. It, it is a scary thing. And yet the money that you can get for playing quarterback can help multiple generations of your family. And there's probably a sense of obligation there. It's got to be a tough one, but at some point, I think if he gets injured this year, someone almost has to intercede and intervene to maybe have him save himself. Yeah. It's so tough. And again, when you're 25, you feel you're invincible. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, 10 again, feet tall and bulletproof. That's right. That's right. So, uh, but you're right. It's, you know, the competitive spirit, uh, all the money it's, it's tough. And certainly first and foremost, uh, you know, joking aside, we wish the very best for him and hundred percent health every single day. Uh, for such a talented young man. Um, guys, a story that caught my eye that I, I just had to share with you and had to get your thoughts on this. So uh, a Swedish runner, right? Or a Scottish runner. I'm sorry. She's, she's Scottish. Uh, disqualified um, running it. She's an ultra marathoner. She was disqualified after it was uh, determined. She used a car to complete part of the race. And she finished third in the race, but she's out. Um <laughs> How how would you think that's that's possible? It's okay. M- must have been in the fine print. <laughs> no cars. 
Sorry, forgot to put that in there. Oh, yeah. Maybe it wasn't in there. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they didn't say no cars. I mean, uh, give her the benefit of the doubt. You know, I mean, she probably just had no idea that you weren't allowed to use cars as an ultra marathoner. Um, I'm sure it was a com- just a complete oversight. Yeah, maybe it was Uber, you know, because she goes, okay, it's not my car. It's I've got a driver. And I have to tell you, I have a very limited time on the track, um, track and field because I always finished last. But nobody ever explicitly told me at the starting line that you can't hop in a car. I've never been told. And maybe, that. maybe it was like a Fred Flintstone car. Do we know? I mean, maybe she was pedaling the whole way. She's running the whole way. I, I don't, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't, although we would kind of assume it wasn't. But, it, it, you know, the bottom well, line just is, never know. <laughs> is, you know, you misunderstand the rules. You know, sometimes the, some of the rules are hazy. And maybe maybe a car is wrong, but a train would have been all right. Yeah, you know, no. or a small a helicopter, a motorized bicycle. I don't yeah, know. I'm loving the Uber thing because what address do you give them? <laughs> hey, yeah, the hey, middle, yeah is, is is this yeah is this Barbara? Yeah, on mile thirty seven. I'm yeah, on mile thirty seven. Exactly. Let I'm me over. turn on my GPS on my on my phone. <laughs> I'll send you my location. <laughs> I'm at I'm at first in Maine. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no no no. I'm you know I'm what? At, I'm at tenth and Wabash now. I mean, I'm going to give you a location, and you you just go a half mile in front of me. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm heading due north. Just go a half mile in front of me. I'll meet you, and then just act like just act like I'm not a runner. You know how Uber, they have the license plate. You can follow the driver. Well, she had her number, her, her marathon number. That, there we it, are. Yeah, look look for 895. I'm the one. Well, here's the story. So she's 47 years old. Um, it, by the way, if you wonder what an ultra marathon is, it's an 80-kilometer race. <laughs> this happened. A, so I'm, I haven't you know, run that far in my whole life. Ever. Combined, I've never run it. Exactly. They ran that far on purpose. That's exactly. scary part. Like, they tried. They meant to run that far. It wasn't like there was a bear chasing them. They they planned to run. And, and I'll far. be honest with you. If, if if I have to run 80 miles to get away from a bear, I'm just going to tell the bear, let's end this right now. Yeah, listen, just go ahead. Just hey, make it fast. You only have right? to outrun the guy next to you. It's exactly. all good. So they, so they figured it out. They told the guy tells the BBC that they reviewed the data from their race tracking system. And the, and it, the statements provided from our event team, and we could clearly see that she had an advantage for this. So what she did was she said she got to the checkpoint, said she was going to pull out. She'd been in the car, and they said, you will hate yourself if you stop. This is what she tells uh, the newspaper here, convinced not to pull out. So I guess the issue was she said, yeah, look, you know, I, I, I just had a lot of issues. Um, I came off a plane. And it wasn't feeling well. So I thought, well, I'll just, I'll do four kilometers of this in a car. It's only four kilometers. <laughs> At least you didn't use the plane. It was a little slower. <laughs> exactly. The pl- uh, are planes, planes aren't allowed either. Yeah. Uh, some a massive error is what she Yeah, weird day. Out. Somebody's trying to convince her not to pull out. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Hey, uh, one more story. And I want to get to uh, a, a great podcast that Mike did uh, earlier this week. Uh, we should definitely talk about Tiger Woods um, surgery on that ankle that caused him to uh, withdraw from from the Masters. And so right now, uh, here's a golfer, 47 years old, one of the greatest of all time, greatest of this generation, no question, probably done for 2023 in majors. And you begin to wonder um, with all the injuries he's had, the car wreck and coming, he did work so hard to get back to this point. What, what will Tiger's game look like after this latest setback? Yeah, I, I, it's sad. It's really sad. And, hey, they don't even let him use a cart. Think about that. Oh, yeah. See, he should be able to use a cart or a car. 
Did they explicitly uh, see the PGA explicitly puts that in the rules. Why can't the hyper marathon people do that? Ultra marathon. Ultra, ultra ultra marathon. It's sad because we all guys our age, we grew up watching Tiger. I mean, I started off, you know, I was a kid when Jack, you know, was there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then you come out and you, you, you see Tiger, you know, he's going kind of um, one of those things where you watched him and you thought, this is the greatest of all time, right? I mean, they were watching something special, and 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 still, when he recap in 2019, he wins the Masters, and you think, wow! And then you know, even to come back after the car accident and, and play fairly well, I it's really great to watch, and so it's sad to see it kind of end, not on his terms. I, I think that's the worst part about it is, it, you know, other guys get you know you get to quit, but his body just hasn't been able to hold up, and so it's kind of sad to see him go out this way. Still, in my opinion. Probably the most dominant golfer of, of uh, our our time. Yeah, and I, I I think what we can hope for now is that he gets that one weekend where everything falls together, and we probably have one in the next five years that he might be able to win a tournament, which will be incredible because we'll all get a flashback to our youth when that happens, and, and certainly the greatest golfer since Jack Nicklaus. And, and certainly it would have been fantastic somehow magically get those two together and see how they would have played against one another. But, but the dominant, you know, golfer of his generation, and I don't think anybody's even close, you yeah. know, comparing to him. Change the game without a doubt, change the money without a doubt. I mean, there yeah. are a lot of mega millionaires on the tour right now that should, uh, should pay tribute. Yes. <laughs> to yes. Eldrick Tiger Woods. No question. Um, as we mentioned a moment ago, uh, Mike did a fantastic, uh, podcast on the eye on the Illini series, uh, with Bucky Dent, not that Bucky Dent. He's the Bucky Dent of the Southern Illinois and talking about, uh, the new Illini wing, uh, Marcus Domask and, uh, talked about just his game and what the Illini fans can expect in this upcoming season. Let's play a clip of that. The first thing you need to know about Marcus as a player is he is a terrific passer. One of my things I would do on Twitter during almost every SIU game I've covered the last year and a half since I got the beat was some mention about your daily reminder that Marcus Domas can distribute the rock because he will pass for profit perhaps better than any player that Illinois roster has currently for next year. He's unselfish. In fact, some people down here would go so far as to say that maybe he should have hunted his shot more often when he was playing for SIU the last four years. But watching him play, he just wasn't built that way. He's a guy who, if he has the shot, he'll take it. If he's hot, he'll shoot. But if he's not hot, if he's playing against a more athletic defender who can keep him from getting the shots he wants, he'd rather pass the ball and wait for his opportunity because – he feels like a bad shot by him isn't going to help the team win, but a pass to get somebody open for a shot they might be able to make is probably a better way for his team to win. Oh, that's excellent to hear. Um, you know, you've got a guy who's a guard, uh, you know, who can play guard out there, you know, and he can play three, four, um, and, and even a little bit of the two. Is he able to take guys inside as well and use some of that height uh, to his advantage besides just playing – on the perimeter now if it depends on how brad underwood is going to use him if he's going to try to use him as a two then yeah he's going to be able to post up other twos around that league i'm sure he's a strong kid he's he's got post moves he prefers to go over his left shoulder when he gets down in the post off the uh, left block as i recall 
Um, he's good at drawing the double team and then finding an open teammate. Um, now, I suspect if he's going to try to play him at the two, Marcus may have a little bit of trouble guarding kids who want to go drive to the basket. He's a willing defender. He tries his best. He's not afraid to take a charge if it comes down to it. Um, he's not maybe as quick as, as some other guys if they're going to play him at the two. I suspect you'll probably see him more at a three or he a lot of times would play a small ball four or five for SIU, although he didn't do it quite as much this past year because they had uh, bigger, more physical players like this St. Peter's transfer, Clarence Rupert, who played in the Elite Eight for St. Peter's last year, who ended up in the starting lineup. Marcus would play more of a three, sometimes a four, but uh, I think he's probably best suited to play in the front court more than he is a guard, although he can help with the ball handling as well, in addition to being an adept passer. And he is a good three-point shooter. I think he was around 35 or 36 percent from the from the from the arc for his career. He shot a decent percentage, mid 40s. I think he was 45-1, 45-3, and he was hurt down the stretch this year, so that percentage went down. And he's an outstanding foul shooter in the 80s. You foul him particularly in the clutch, he's going to make the free throws. So he's a guy you can have in the lineup down the stretch of a tight game. How, how is his ball handling, um, you know, when he's when he's going up against guys, probably with a little bit more quickness and size in the Big Ten, but how do you think he will measure up there? I don't know that you'll need him necessarily to bring the ball up the floor, depending on what Illinois brings in in the portal or whatever other avenue they use to, to help flush out the roster. He's capable of bringing the ball up in the, in the occasional possession. I don't know that you'd want to use him in that role for 32 or 33 minutes of a game, but he can help out and give you a pressure release in, in that vein. And obviously he handles the ball well enough to be able to make moves on guys, you know, take a bigger, slower defender off the bounce. He's certainly capable of doing that. You know, you're going to have a guy who maybe isn't the best at any one thing that you'll ask a basketball player to do over the course of a 40-minute game. But doing all those all those things in concert, you're going to find more often than not, you're going to get a pretty productive ball player. Wow, well, that's, that, that is really good to hear. Um, the other question I had was, you know, he's obviously got, you know, excellent, you know, three-point capabilities. Is he a, is he a catch-and-shoot? type of guy or is he a guy who will do it off the dribble or is he flexible in that manner? He can, he can do both. Um, I've seen him do the catch and shoot thing before. Uh, his favorite three spot is the left corner. He hit a corner three to beat Oklahoma state down in Stillwater back in November, which was SIU's best one of the year. He also hit a like, kind of like an off the dribble long range three from right in front of the sideline on the left side late in the game to beat Drake in January. And you might remember Drake ended up winning the MVC tournament and really could have beaten a final four team in the first round in Miami. Drake was up late in that game. Didn't get a very friendly whistle from Doug Shouse, which is something Illinois fans know all about from, <laughs> yep. from an NCAA tournament game years ago. Although Drake also shockingly really lost its poise down the stretch of that game. But anyway, the point is, uh, you know, he beat a team that went to the tournament and really could have beaten a team that went to the final four. So that's a quality shot, obviously. He's not afraid to 
take big shots at the end of tight ball games, which is another quality you really want to have in a guy. Once again, that was uh, Mike with uh, Bucky Dent of the uh, Southern uh, Illinois. And by the way, if you want to hear the entire podcast, again, that's on the Eye on the Illini podcast series that you can find on the front page of IlliniGuys.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah, I think that, you know, Lays out pretty well there. I mean, what Illinois is getting. And, you know, he was obviously a key player for SIU. And one of the, you know, he's a really important player for them. And Illinois is lucky to get a guy like this uh, from uh, from the, from Southern Illinois. Yeah, and if you want to listen to the whole podcast, he even talks a little bit about the hiring of Jaron Howard, former Illini basketball player and former Illini assistant coach. And he had some really interesting insights into what uh, SIU is trying to do by hiring such a high-profile coach. Yeah, he was uh, funny. And love. I don't want to give it away. You need to go listen to the podcast. But he talks about how he got the name Bucky Dent. And uh, his no, his family, they were not Red Sox or Yankees fans. <laughs> Obviously not Red Sox fans. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, or, or White Sox fans. But uh, but it was it was pretty funny. So definitely, again, eye on the line eye with, uh, with the other Bucky Dent. Uh, a great tell there. And, and Mike, by the way, great job with the interview. We certainly should uh, try to have him on the show here uh, down the line at some point. Hey, keep it right here. We'll talk a little more coming up in terms of uh, uh, Big Ten, the portal update. Uh, some uh, some surprising names. Uh, one big name uh, withdrawing his name and his commitment to a Big Ten school that uh, made ripples this week. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Sports Spectacular. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Hey, this is Mike Small, the golf coach of your Fighting Illini men's golf team. And you're listening to the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Talk a little portal news now all around the Big Ten. Let's start with some recruiting news uh, that was huge. Uh, the big shocker this week, Brad Sturdy, was uh, Papa Conte, the, uh, the star recruit from Michigan, uh, decommitting and reopening his commitment here just months before he's out of high school and well, two months before he winds up on somebody's campus and, and some summer workouts. Yeah, it was really a kind of shock. I mean, it came out of nowhere from what I understand. Like they, they knew that he had some academic hurdles, but they thought if he took an extra class, he would be good to go this summer. And he just said, I guess I'm not going to take that class. <laughs> so you can't make me. So I'm going to go somewhere else. So uh, it's it really takes Michigan. You know, if you look at Michigan's roster right now, um, they've got Terrace Reed as the only true big man on the roster with Hunter Dickinson in the portal. Um, and they're recruiting some other guys, but now you lose Papa Conte, who would have been a, you know, Terrace Reed and Papa Conte would have been a great, you know, Matt, you know, pair at the center position for them, you know, could split time, but man, that, that that's a thin roster right now up in Ann Arbor. 
and Papa Conte wins. He's on my all James Bond villain name team because <laughs> Papa Conte, like I could see him being the the side guy in in you know one of the seventies ones like Live and Let Die, you know, when he's like down odd there. job, like odd job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He could be down there work with the guy, you know, in the in the white suit who was trying to kill uh, Bond in in Jamaica or, or wherever it was down there. So, um, but it is too bad to see a kid. You know, the academics are important. You know, and we 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 joke about it, but um, you know, he, he needed to take a class, and I'm sure there are other places that are non Big Ten institutions that he can get into. Yeah, I could have sworn I saw Papa Conte on the menu when I took my wife out for anniversary dinner at Olive Garden <laughs> this weekend. I thought it was the calamari dish, but I guess not. Um, it was Wisconsin. Uh, they need players, and they got a good one uh, from St. John's transfer, A.J. Store. Guys, I know you were talking here in the in the break. You guys really like what this kid brings to the Badgers. Yeah, he's an athletic kid. He shoots it well. He's he's a, And he's got three years of eligibility left, so he's, he's a kid that really would be a guy you kind of lock in. It's was it's a great get for Wisconsin. I know he wanted to get closer to home originally from Rockford. Um, this is a guy who wanted to get be close to home, and he's got this opportunity at Wisconsin, and he'll be an impact guy for them. Like I really think he's going to be a guy who gets you know twelve to fifteen shots a game for them, and I think that's going to be uh, really important for them, and may make them a little better than I thought they were going to be next year. He's also a really good wing defender, so. You know, and 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 athletes, athletes. So I, I think Wisconsin, you know, dreams of players like this. They've got another one here, and and I I don't really relish the thought if I'm a non Badger fan of having to go up against him for three years. Yeah, no question. Uh, AJ Store actually back in high school uh, originally uh, committed to Illinois, then decommitted when they had uh, the change in assistant coaches. Speaking of Illinois, a couple of former Illini moving on. Uh, R.J. Melendez and and uh, Jaden Epps. Yeah, R.J.'s going to Georgia and Jaden Epps to Georgetown. Jaden Epps going to Georgetown might be the biggest uh, non-story in the history. I mean, it's just no surprise there. Everybody knew this. Like, it was just a matter of time before it came out. Um, R.J. going to Georgia, I think, is interesting because he, he fits – he looks like an SEC guy, right? I mean, he fits in the SEC, a little less physical, um, a little more up and down, and he fits that. Um, but I, I will say that – he also wanted to have a place where he can get shots and have opportunity. And, and he's going to get that at Georgia. They, they were, you know, a 16 and 16 team a year ago. He comes in, he's going to get a lot of shots. It's not going to be, he'll, he can be, he, he'll be one of the focal points of their offense um, next season. Yeah. I think that's a good conference for him. The only, the only hesitation I would have for him is, is the pure athleticism of the sec. Maybe, you know, he may not stand out quite as much, but that lack of the brutal physicality in the WWE actions in the post will probably really help him and maybe keep the injury bug away as well. And uh, Mike White needs all he can uh, down there in Georgia. They just, uh, boy, year in, year out, no matter who they bring in, it's like a, um, a coaching cemetery. You think of, since Tubby Smith left, I mean, like, think of the guys who were, who were bright up and comers and completely flamed out in Athens. It is something about – uh, that program. Maybe he can uh, change things and RJ can help him with that. Uh, certainly wish him well with that. Um, another team we noticed this week making some moves is Nebraska. Uh, Fred Hoiberg, um, we we were joking um, last week with uh, Robin Washett, who is um, 
uh, with HuskerOnline.com and the insider there and, and really obviously always keeps us in, in the loop with what things are going on with Nebraska sports. Um, the past couple of years, they've come up really big late. and had some big wins late in the season. It's not enough to get into the postseason, um, but they're recruiting very well this spring. Yeah, I, you know, of course we know Fred Hoiberg loves the transfer portal, right? I mean, this is like he was doing it when they had to sit out a year. So he's been, this is like a kid in a candy store for him. He's loving this. <laughs> so, but, you know, you look at the guys they brought in, you know, they bring in a couple of guys that, you know, they've had some great visitors in addition to the guys they've already signed. But they bring in Bryce Williams. He was a conference U.S., uh, all-conference player at U- Conference USA um, from Charlotte, averaged 14 points a game, really tremendous shooter, 40% as two years of eligibility. And Rink Mast, who is a 6'9 forward from the Netherlands, um, he spent the last four years at Bradley, and now he's going to play. I mean, he's like fifth year, too. I think he redshirted a year, too, then has a COVID year, and he started 79 games, 13.8 points, eight rebounds, 35% from three. Uh, really good additions for, for him as he's trying to get that program back into relevance. Yeah, and Hoiberg knows how to use the portal. As you've said, he was really good there at Iowa State doing it. So this this may be the best way to to get these, you know, get some mid mid major stars and then have them play well to build that fan base because it almost seems like you either need a sugar daddy or you need to get wins to get the NIL money because if you don't have it, you can't compete with the top athletes, whether it's transfer portal or high school. So much happening in the transfer portal. And as uh, Sturdy mentions every single week, strap in because you still have several weeks left on this roller coaster. So hopefully um... <laughs> portal combat, baby. That's right. Portal combat. Uh, if you're out of Maylocks, uh, go order some because you're going to need it. All right. Thank you, here. The conversation continues after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com Sports Spectacular continues and she's the Illini gal Adalia McKenzie we gave her last week off you know it's the offseason trying to get a little bit of a break you know she worked so hard for us all during the season with all the great updates adaya uh good to talk to you um obviously april workouts are underway what's going on hey um there's a lot going on <laughs> good things though we lift almost every day we have team workouts and we're all just getting better every day and it's just like so good to see you know and it's good having a whole team here you know for spring workouts right compared to I know last year you told us that what there were like only five players there as you the coaching changes was were made and the coaching change was made and and coach green came on um you know it's got to be totally different than just the five of you like well what are we gonna do today to actually be able to to do some things on the court in terms of X's and O's, that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, you know, 
you can have more breaks when you have more people to work out with <laughs> instead of just two or three people in your group. But it's been really good um, doing a lot of, of course, like the fundamental things, but just getting a lot of shots, uh, working on ball handling, game situation things, and just pushing through like the tough moments in our workouts. It's just really good. Like it's a good preparation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it, it's gotta be, you know, I think to the people who maybe, um, aren't involved in, in sports at, at this time. Um, I don't think they realize this is that this is year round. I mean, you guys got a couple of weeks to kind of recuperate a bit and, and get healthy and you're right back at it. Um, you know, working toward next season already. There's really no off season for you. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's just a matter of like knowing when to rest and, you know, and just, just continue putting in work. We just talk about getting 1% better every day, whether it's doing rehab, resting, getting shots up, lifting, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're now one of the upperclassmen. Um, we know that Coach Green wanted you to play a leadership role last season as a sophomore. You did that. Um, you know, what's the, I guess the, you know, the, for you in terms of your mindset and the, the big difference, um, you know, it's you, we all hear, we all hear you every week here on the sports spectacular and we all hear the confidence in your voice. Does that come through in everything else that you're doing as well? Yeah, for sure. Just been working on leadership every single day, whether it's through encouragement or going to hang out with a teammate or making sure other people are talking, you know, like, we always can get better at everything that we want to do or things that we do. So I just want to keep growing in that leadership role and just fully step into it. Yeah. Uh, you guys, of course, um, you know, adding to the roster, um, the big announcement in the past few days was Camille hobby. Um, you know, a, a center is going to provide some uh, really some, some needed size uh, on the interior and, and help a uh, Kendall box. It's been a fantastic job really playing out of position. I hear these last two seasons. Tell us about what uh, Camille brings to the team. Yeah, for sure. Camille, of course, brings size, but she just has this confidence about her game that I love as well. You know, great finisher, strong, and just always good having that big body presence in the post. And she's a great person. You know, she was great on her visit, and I'm just excited to have her. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, now, you know, to let everyone know in terms of this, this, you still have other players coming in or you think that coach is, is done for now or what's, um, you know, what's next in terms of players that, that you can tell us. <laughs> uh, as of right now, we may or may not get another commit, but I think um, roster is pretty much set mm -hmm. as of right now, if we didn't get any more commits. So I think it's good. I, I like where we're at. I'm pretty sure the coaches are good where we're at as well. Yeah, a couple of outstanding freshmen you're bringing in here uh, yeah. for, for next season as well. Um, on the coaching staff, uh, Coach uh, Ryan Gensler leaving uh, in the past few weeks to go become uh, the head coach at Akron. Um, excited for him. Uh, tell us what kind of coach you think he's going to be now that he gets a chance to uh, to run things on his own. Yeah, I think he's going to be a really, really good coach. You know, like he has a lot of good dad jokes. So I think he'll be able to make his team <laughs> laugh, but he always keeps it real and always pushes you in the way that you need to be pushed. And he knows how to talk to certain players. I just think he's a really great coach and I think he's going to do great. And he's very like good with relationships. Uh, I'm happy for him and I hope he does really good. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing about the staff coach green and all the assistants, everyone on staff, uh, you know, coach Fletcher, your strength coach, um, everyone, great personalities, uh, fun to be around as someone from the outside and uh, certainly wish him well. Um, Thursday morning, there is the, the big announcement um, that, uh, you know, has kind of 
you know, those of us on the outside have heard whispers. We made official um, with Coach Gensler's replacement, uh, Brittany Anderson, coming from Stanford. Have you had a chance to meet her? And what can you tell us about her? I haven't had a chance to meet her. I don't know much about her. But what I have heard is, like, she has experience. And I think that's just a really important, you know, for our program, just continue to gain experience. And, you know, um, I, for me personally, knowing that she is a black woman, it means a lot, you know, just to have someone else on the staff that, like, we can relate to those who are, you know, black on the team. And I know she's probably a really great coach. I'm just excited to have her. And I know, like, if Coach Green recruiting them, they got to be great, you know. <laughs> Our standards really high, so I'm just excited for that. Shauna Green don't play, right? You <laughs> don't. Shauna Green don't play. <laughs> no, outstanding. Uh, Brittany Anderson coming in from Stanford, and anyone who follows uh, women's basketball, even on you know, <laughs> just on the the perimeter. I mean, uh, we know what Stanford basketball has done, and and um, Tara Vanderveer, the Hall of Fame coach, been yeah. there for decades. Um, you know, she was there the last three seasons. They won 92 games in those three seasons. Um, the most wins and best win percentage of any school uh, in the in that time. And so, of course, she brings um, not just her own talents, but again, the things she's learned from Coach Vanderveer. So always just exciting things happening um, with, the, with the women's program. Hey, Adalia, we know the weekend is here. We appreciate your time, uh, and we'll talk with you soon. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. All right. We appreciate you. By the way, get those, get those grades. You got the dubs. Get those grades. Yeah, I got all A's right now. We're going to keep it going. Almost done. All right. We love it. Adalia, by the way, she is all academic, all district, if you didn't know. And, of course, she's the Illini gal fighting Illini women's uh, basketball team. Always great to have her updates. Hey, stay with us. Much more to come here. This is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Uh, not sure if everyone caught this this week, but guys, did you know it's the 100th anniversary of Yankee Stadium? That no longer exists? <laughs> How do you do that? Like, it's like, but 14 years ago, we demolished the original one, but this is our 100th anniversary of Yankee Stadium, just because you didn't change the name? So it's like, how does that work? I mean, think about all the things now that we can have anniversaries for. Yeah. It's awesome. We changed the name. We can have people. They can be yeah. dead, but it's okay. They're my still 50th, alive. My 50th wedding anniversary. Third wife, but 50th anniversary. It's 17 <laughs> years with this one, 16 with this one, 17 with this one. <laughs> hey, 50 if, years. Give me if, presents. If you're man enough to celebrate all your combined marriages as to one anniversary while that third lady is sitting next to you you deserve anything you can get if you survive she's that. just she's just happy to get the gifts she's like honey you get gifts we get then again, free stuff. If, if it's 50 years she's just happy you're breathing or maybe she doesn't want you breathing <laughs> yeah, much longer <laughs> i've never i just don't understand it made no sense when they said I, it made no sense i'm sorry just doesn't you plowed it under it's not the same <laughs> Yeah, no, it all made sense to me. I mean, it makes sense. Well, it doesn't make sense. I, I you got to be right. So, hey, but uh, okay, from the uh, ridiculous to the sublime, um, 
the young man with the Buffalo Bills, uh, Demar Hamlin. Great news that he's been medically cleared to resume physical contact. Um, I don't know if there will be a better sports story in 2023 than, than, than what this young man has gone through and what he has done with this opportunity to bring awareness to, um, um, you know, heart health prevention. Yeah, I think it's important that people, you know, and these guys, you have to understand these NFL players, they're going through physicals and all that stuff. The average person doesn't get all that treatment. They don't have people right there. So you have to be more diligent with your with your treatment of your heart, making sure that you're healthy. So I, I'm so excited for DeMar Hamlin to play again, you know, and, and just to see him out there. I think the the ovation that he's going to get this fall is just is going to be awesome. You know, it's going to be so cool to see him back out there. And I just, you know, I hope he never has anything like that happen again because it was that was scary. That was like surreal to me. I almost felt like it was not a real thing when I watched it on television. Yeah, I think you'll see the whole country uh, unify behind him as he goes out and plays in that first game. And collectively, if and let's hope it doesn't happen, but if he ever goes down even just for a play, I'm sure a lot of America yeah. will hold their breath, you know. Maybe it can be like maybe it can be like Rocky, you know, can bring the America together, you know, like Rocky brought Russia and the United USSR and the United States together. If I could change, you could change, we could all change. There we go. Only only Stallone could have written that line. <laughs> and misspelled you when he did it too. So <laughs> somehow. So use exactly. use can change. Use and ice can ice can change. Wheels can change. And then he goes off. So, yeah, headaches the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the movies. That's why. That's right. um, yeah, but no, DeMar Hamlin, fantastic story. And hard to believe that it was just over three months ago that he was lying um, hard at stops on a playoff mm. uh, field in Cincinnati. And what he has done this t- next time, I think we, we all, everyone, no matter what team you root for, get behind this young man and uh, support him. Um, just excited to see what's in his future. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side, let's finish up with this. Boy, we should have done this in a different order. Sean Kemp, who just it seems like there's always something with Sean Kemp. Now, uh, arrested for a shooting in a parking lot. Bruh, what are you doing? Really? I, I he, you know, he just can't kind of get out of his own way. First of all, first of all, he has like, you know, what? hundred? He has as many kids as, you know, Will Chamberlain had sex with, you know, women. So, yeah. um, you know, so it's like he's got all these kids. He's got all this. And then he just, it seems like he always finds trouble. And and there are certain guys like that. Yeah. Trouble finds them. Yeah. And, and so I, I think he's kind of in that. And I'm not sure. I haven't, you know, I don't know all the details of this case. He he says he's innocent. Maybe he is. But I, I think it's funny. If he didn't have the past history that he has with all the issues that he has, probably we would believe that he was, you know, just a, a, a bystander or innocent guy just happened to wrong place, wrong time. But sometimes it's hard to believe that. Yeah, you, 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 you name – Sean Kemp, and you tell somebody he's in the news, they give you an eye roll before you can actually get out whatever the news story is. And it's unfortunate. Um, you, you just hope that he can get it together. But, you know, you kind of are what you are, I guess, by this point in his life. And it is too bad. You're, you're exactly right. And you're right. You, you know, as, as incredible as, as a player as he was in the NBA, the first thing you think about is not his play in the NBA when you yep. mention him now. And I, and I think that's tragic considering the player that he was, you know, there was one of the player quickly that um, was in the news in terms of a police blotter. And that's the former NBA player, 
Uh, Javaris Crittenden, those who don't know him, he was a high school teammate of Dwight Howard, the former number one overall pick who played for several teams, uh, took the Orlando Magic to the finals back in 09, uh, Lakers, Rockets, Hawks, Hornets, and he's now overseas somewhere. Um, he, he was, the, he was you know, Carson Wentz before Carson Wentz um, in terms of, you know, the, the tour around the way. Uh, well, Javaris actually, um, you know, admitted to murder um, several years ago and was um, uh, serving 23 years in prison. Um, that now has been amended and he could get out sooner than that. So um, for a kid that played one year at Georgia Tech, a um, few years in the NBA, I believe with the Wizards and uh, maybe now getting out um, uh, again, just uh, hopefully he can turn his life around if that's the case. So, hey, we will stop there. Clock on the wall says two hours has already gone by. It's crazy. Thanks to everyone who stopped by. Um, man, great to catch up with uh, Will Leach and everyone else. We're right back here, as always, same time, same station next week. Hope you enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend, as always. Take care. We'll see you next time. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.